Really quick, guys, uh, Neo Financial, uh, you know, I've talked about them a lot before. They are a fantastic partner uh, of mine. And, and I think that they are, you know, one of the best options uh, for the everyday credit card. Their Neo card, you get 4% plus cash back on a variety of different things. Most major grocery, retail, um, a bunch of different things, man. It's just, it's a really solid card. You get fantastic cash back at, you know, thousands of different places across Canada. Yo, what is going on, baby? Nathan Kennedy, the new money podcast, episode 122. How y'all doing, man? Thank you so, so much for coming through. As usual, my friends, ask me any questions you got on Instagram, as well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I feel like a goddamn rapper. Leave those reviews. I'd really, really appreciate it. So for today's episode, I actually spoke at my old university, Western University in London, Ontario this past Tuesday. Such an honor. It was so dope. And I actually was able to get the audio from it. So me, my boy Christian, you know, the editor, he's going to chop it up a little bit uh, and we're going to get some of the juicier parts for you guys to listen into. And it is some stuff that I've talked about before on the podcast, but hey, you know, I think it's a good piece of content and a good thing for y'all to take in. So without further ado, let's just dive on into it, baby. And so let me ask you guys a question. Who here eats chicken? Or like likes chicken? Or a vegan substitute of chicken? Even with anything like that, right? Most of us, right? Now, chicken by itself with a little bit of salt, it's okay. It's cool, you know? <laughs> it's all right, it does its job. You know, if it's chicken breast, it's got great macros, right? <laughs> but it's like, okay. But what if you season the chicken? What if you tenderize that mother? You know? What if you really get with that and you make it flavorful and it looks maybe something like that? That's some good chicken, right? I want that chicken. Now, what is this guy talking about? Chicken, I thought we were for money, right? Well, my point is, just like you can't taste the best things about chicken without the seasoning and the, you know, the je ne sais quoi, all the, the effort that goes into that, you can't really taste the best things in life without money, right? Yes, you can live your life, and there's nothing wrong with it, with you know having a little money and just getting by. Of course, you're grateful to have it, just like you're grateful to have some you know chicken with salt. But you're missing that flavor. It's not as good as it could be, right? So, do you guys want this chicken, or do you guys want this chicken? That this chicken. You're supposed to say this chicken. That's that's the bit. He didn't. If you missed that. <laughs> so, uh. I'm going to show you a quick seven-step recipe, another bit, another corny little thing, um, but seven really quick things that I think you guys can do that can instantly impact your money and instantly kind of put you in a place where you're like, okay, I think I actually can have a handle on it. Number one, consume content. Congratulations, you're literally doing that as we speak. Like, you're literally listening to me talk, that's consuming content, and that's exactly what I did when I first started. I was just... Listening to every podcast, blog, book, audiobook, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is some of my favorite YouTubers, Graham Stephan, Andre Jick, some podcasts, some blogs, uh, some books that I love as well. <clears throat> but this is the easiest thing that you guys can do. As soon as you leave here, you can throw on a podcast, and you're already doing step one. And you're instantly like, okay, I actually have an idea of this. I'm not going to put my podcast up there, but you can check it out too, right? But consuming content is the easiest and most 
sort of gateway thing that you can do to, to improving your money. Second, <laughs> write out your income and expenses. So this is the part that everybody tries. At least, dude, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that, dude. I'm not looking at it. I, I got exams, I got things I got to do. I'm not looking at it, right? But it's so, so essential. So I want you guys to use pen and paper, or pencil and paper. You can use a computer, but like, I'm a big fan of just the cathartic appeal of writing it out. And just, there's something about it that's just different, right? And I, I think it actually does impact how you do the exercise. So you'll do that, write out rough numbers of what you think you spend your money on. So okay, like phone bill, insurance, uh, you know, income, you know, income as a student sometimes is a little less consistent. So maybe you take your OSAP divided by four for the semester, something like that. So you just have like a general idea. Right? You write that sort of initial one, and then you're going to review your transactions using your banking app. So this is the kind of the painful part. And because you're actually, it's one thing to think, okay, I'm all right. Like, you know, I'd probably spend money on this, spend money on that. But this is the part where you actually are like, okay, this is actually the life I've been in. This is actually what's going down. Right? Before I ask you guys, is there any questions about anything that I've said so far? Nothing at all. Clear? So... Why this is so important is, you know, I had a friend that I was actually doing this exercise with, right? And we're going to call her Alex, you know, kind of hide her identity, all that kind of stuff. And so Alex and I are on the phone, we're going through the transactions. We're just like thinking and she's telling me about all this kind of stuff. And then it just goes quiet. She just goes quiet. Yo, Alex, it's good. Like, are you there? She's like, nothing. Alex, what's up, man? Is everything okay? I can tell I hear her breathing, right? So it's kind of weird to say that, but um, I hear, I hear, right? And she just goes, Nate, they've been charging me credit card insurance for like months. Months. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. You don't need that. Like, I'm glad we caught that. Let's add it up and see how much money they've been charging. It can't be too much, right? $3,187. Over a year and a half to two years, only under two years, they charged over three grand to her credit card. She knew her credit card was racked up. She was like 22, 23, like month, like young girl, like just kind of going through school, all that kind of stuff. And it's just like hot, like it's mind blowing, right? She's like, what do I do? What do I do? I can't do the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, we're going to call the bank. Be like, yo, I didn't authorize this. I've been a loyal customer, you know, kind of be a Karen, but be nice about it, right? And I'm, she's like, is that going to work? I'm like, it has to work, right? That, it absolutely has to work. So next day she calls them. They say they're going to get back to her. She's like, all right. A couple days pass. And then they get a call. Hello? It's quiet. I'm like, not this again, right? <laughs> and she goes, they reversed it. They reversed it. They reversed the whole thing. They reversed her $3,187 for a credit card. And I went to myself, I'm like, damn, really? I didn't know that. That was crazy. Because I'd seen, like, the transactions and stuff be reversed. And I always tell people, yeah, like, call your bank, especially credit cards, chill, like, reverse, you know, oil customer, all that kind of jobs. I had never seen that. So when I told her, yeah, you're going to call me and do all this stuff, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll give her some, maybe they won't. Right? My point is, there's two things. One, one. There's never something that you find in your bank account or your transactions that isn't reversible. I'm convinced. If they can do that, then you better be fighting everything if you didn't authorize it, right? Two, 
there's probably somebody in here right now, and it's, even if it's a small group, or somebody that's watching on Instagram, maybe there's like five or six people on Instagram, there's one person who I guarantee has a very similar thing. Maybe not three grand, maybe not two grand, maybe not one grand, but you've got something lurking, a demon, a beast kind of brewing, that you kind of have to go and find, because this is just the nature of it. If you neglect something, it's just gonna manifest. It's like anything in life, right? So that's why it's so important is for you guys to have a handle on it and, and to just be aware. Because then you can just like nail it and be like, all right, you know what? Get rid of this, quick call. And then instead of three grand, it's like $3. And you get that reverse, you're good to go. So we're gonna write it out. We're gonna kind of have an idea of like where we are, have a rough idea of, okay, how, however painful it is, right? <laughs> so it's gonna look simple. It's gonna look something like this, like really chill, rough work. Like I said, I'm a big fan of it. You can use Excel or anything like that. Uh, but I really love just like doing the paper and things like that. Next, you're gonna analyze the situation. Is it a surplus, deficit, better than you thought, worse? Oh, sorry. Um, and just pay, basically take in what your current situation is. So surplus, deficit, that basically means, am I spending more money than I have? <laughs> a lot of us, that's the case, right? Or is it a surplus? I'm like, yo, you know what? I'm actually doing some good stuff with this. Maybe it's not actually too bad, right? Just kind of take in the situation and be like, all right, got my piece of paper. This is kind of what the deal <sighs> Next, we're going to seek quick wins, really quick wins. So cash flow basically is money in versus money out. It's really simple, right? And there's three ways to improve your cash flow. You either increase your income, decrease your expenses, or do both. Now we're going to do both, right? So what are some quick ways? Well, I think the quickest way to manipulate that is to just stop spending money, right? So what are some realistic ways we can do that? Well, canceling services that you rationally can't justify. I'm like the biggest fan of spending your money on whatever the heck you want, in, in whatever way, shape, and form you want, if you actually value it, if you love it. Like, dude, I can't go without my $5 Starbucks. Like, I have to have it. That's totally cool. But it's gotta come from somewhere. So just, if you're not watching Netflix, if you're watching like one series every two months, you really need it. Like, just get rid of it. And if you miss it, you can get it back. And if you don't, then you don't need it, right? And then with the wants that you do have, make them few, but make them valuable, right? So that's, those are some quick ways that you can kind of just be like, all right, instantly free up some of that cash, right? And then the third one is to negotiate bills. Now that's a lot fancier than it actually, actually needed to be. All I want you guys to do is similar to what I was saying earlier, like, yo, how do I pay less money for a month? Call FIDO, call your car insurance, whatever. Call everybody. Be like, hey, how can I get a similar service for less? You're thinking, well, is that really gonna work? I'm like, I'm telling you, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. It's just the action. And if you guys do this kind of stuff, you only gotta do it really once. And then it's just chill. Like five, 10 minutes a month, you're looking at stuff like this. So this is the initial sort of grunt work, but you guys call up your phone bills and your different bills, get reduced down, you'll be in a good spot, right? Next, increase income quickly by doing an audit of your Possessions, sell everything you don't need, values often. I'm not telling you to be a hermit, you know? I'm not telling you that at all. But when I was in university, when I first started doing this, I came across minimalism, which has a lot of ties to personal finance. Minimalism is essentially just like living on less and living on what actually matters and getting rid of everything else, which is kind of a common theme here, right? There's so much stuff maybe around your dorm or maybe around your home that you're like, dude, you're like, I just don't use that. I don't need that. Like, I could sell that for like 10, 15, 20 bucks get like a surplus of cash. And then what I would do 
is I'd get some of the cash and get rid of stuff that I'm not using, and then I'd use that money, and then I'd buy other things, and then I'd flip it, and then now I've got a little bit of a side hustle, right? It's a, like so quick. It's just quick, right? I'm not trying to give you guys like the next business plan to take over Amazon or something like that. I'm just like, how can I get money connect? How can I go home and go on Facebook Marketplace and literally make money like that to get the ball rolling, right? And that, just doing something like that, that simple. Exploring different side hustles. What side hustles should I do? Step one, consume content. Look up side hustles. There's like hundreds out there, especially with tech and internet and things like that. There's just so many examples of you guys uh, that you guys can go and pursue and make some quick cash. There's so many different ways, like Postmates, Uber Eats, Turo, being a virtual assistant. There's a, there's a, there's a ton. There's absolutely And then leverage student opportunities and funding. I wish I did more of this in the first and second year, but I did it a lot in third, fourth, and fifth year. I don't know what the funding and bursary awards scholarship situation is now. I reckon it's not too much different. There's like an ungodly amount of money that just goes unclaimed. Like people, like awards, bursaries, things that people aren't applying for, or maybe one or two people apply for and get it. I was not an exceptional student by any stretch of the imagination, but I got kind of tenacious in third, fourth, and fifth year applying to different things, applying to scholarships, applying to these awards. This John C. Award. Who's John C.? I don't care. I'm applying to his award, right? I'm going to apply to everything. And I wasn't going for those like, you know, try hard essay ones. I was going for the easy, easy picking, put your name in the ring kind of thing. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. If you guys just look, whatever your program is, I know in BMOS, I was in BMOS Dan Management, tons, 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 tons. So just do the work. The money's there. I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to get an award, but man, you do it enough, the odds are in your favor. It's better than, and, and I always tell myself too, <laughs> is my 15 minutes this is going to take not worth a shot at five grand? Am I that arrogant that I think that my time is worth more than a shot to go out and get five, six grand? There was literally an award I got, I remember from fifth year, that was like literally like, I, did, I forgot I applied for it. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good return on your time <laughs> to get an award and things like that. This is just based on things that you're eligible for. So, like I said, if you're in this program with this grade average, you know, with, with this set of skill, or whatever, or whatever, very minimal, you know, very vague uh, things that you need to, uh, to have in order to apply for it. And so I just encourage you guys to check that out. It's a really quick way, and you're not going to have it when you graduate. <laughs> you can't apply for an in-school scholarship when you graduate, so you guys got to do it now, right? Next, once we have an idea of like where we are, we've kind of got some quick wins, now we can actually create a path. What does create a path mean? All that really means is, hey, I'm here, I've been watching this content, I was listening to this one guy, you know, that sounds kind of nice, I kind of would like that, that'd be cool. I've got these quick wins, I'm feeling kind of good, I've got a little bit of extra cash. Like, I kind of like to be, you know, like, this is kind of where I'd like to be. You might not know where you'd like to be right now, but once you guys do some of the first couple steps, you'll be like, yo, I, got, I kind of got a feel for this. You know, I, I can get somewhere with this, you know, have a, have a little bit of a feel. And then you create that path. You guys have probably heard of SMART goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based goals. Just very targeted goals. A very small one could be contribute 250 a month. It was not dramatically well. I've said month like three times. <laughs> contribute month, 250 a month, every month, for 12 consecutive months to a down payment fund, right? Very simple, very small. Down payment fund, all that is like a savings account that has the title down payment, saving for whatever. Might seem insignificant given that houses are like $3 trillion each right now, 
but it's a start, and it helps you, and it's better than where you are right now, right? Start small with that, and how do you actually make a budget? How do you actually create this path that you're talking about? Well, guys, we're just going to work off our initial analysis that we did, right? We did all the work already. We're just basically saying, okay, this is where I'm at. Let me tweak some of these numbers. Let me kind of have a good idea of where I am. And, and then you'll be like, okay, this is kind of what a budget, an ideal budget would look like. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> and then we're going to add like 10 to 15% each, to each category of what you think you're going to spend, plus a miscellaneous budget line. So what does that mean? What you think you're going to spend is, is, is not what you're going to spend most of the time, especially when you're starting. So add that like fudge ratio, I call it, like 10 to 15%. So if I think it's going to cost like 100 bucks in like hair care, 100, 100 bucks in whatever, I'm going to put 150, I'm going to put 120. I'm not going to try to spend 120, but now I'm actually being realistic with what is actually going to be, uh, what, what actually might occur. And so when you build in that uncertainty, you have a much better idea of, okay, you know, like I'm actually like, this is, this is uh, more realistic and I can actually target my goals effectively, right? Miscellaneous budget line, this is just crap that, yo, I didn't see coming. Like this, and to this day, I still have a line in my budget that's like three, four hundred bucks, just Dude, I did not see that coming, right? And you could say that, oh, well, then, you know, maybe you're not targeted or whatever. But to me, I'm like, well, I know the sum, like the, the big number that I'm spending every month, and it's pretty bang on. And the reason it's bang on is because I build in the uncertainty like that. So add that little ratio to some of your line items, like your phone bill or, or, or your food, some of the more discretionary stuff. And then also just have a separate thing for, like, crap I didn't see coming, right? And then pay yourself first. All that means is when you guys set up your goals and when you guys get into investing, when you start learning about all that stuff, you set up an automatic deduction from your checking account to your savings account or from your checking account to your investing account so that you're paying yourself as if you were a bill, like you're paying yourself as, as, a, it's as, it's as important as paying a bill. You wouldn't miss the first of the month. You wouldn't miss your phone bills. You wouldn't miss your car insurance just like you wouldn't miss paying yourself. And you have to make it automatic. That's the key, right? Make sure it's just coming out. And if, hey, things are getting skinny, this is the last thing to go, believe it or not. It's not, it's not, it's, you don't put your bills above yourself. You put yourself above your bills and you adjust for it. It takes some time, but that's, that's how you prioritize your future. Once you guys have an idea of what your path is, you're going to pick a system and stick to it, right? What's a system? It's just a software for you guys to monitor all this work that you've done. So now this is the easy part. My favorite one is Mint. All it does is it links with my bank account, downloads the transactions, and then I can just look and be like, yo, like this is kind of what the deal is. Five, 10 minutes a month, I'm not kidding. I just look, okay, overspent here, underspent here. Let me make some switches, done. See you next month. Nice and clean, right? Because I'd already done the work and I've just been making adjustments month after month. Right, there's also some good examples here where you can be more manual if, that's not, if you're not comfortable with that, if you're not comfortable with an app linking with your you know, bank account, that's totally fine too. A lot of, especially the big five banks have AI now, where they'll just tell you, I don't know if you guys have maybe seen some of those pop up in your bank accounts where it's like, you spend too much money or something like that. <laughs> right? So there, there's some of that too. You can definitely leverage that, but you need to have a system so you guys can make it easier for yourself. So you're not doing you know, step ones through six over and over and over. You have something where you can just quickly check and you're good to go. Lastly, you're going to automate and iterate. So what does that mean? Once you have 
optimize your bills. You've carried your way through all the bills, and you've got them as low as you can, and you know what your budget is. Now you're going to lock everything in, and you're going to systematize everything. Your bills, your spending, your everything that isn't like just regular day-to-day -day spending is going to be just automatic, right? That allows you to systematize everything so that you can step up and you're like CEO mode. So now I'm just looking over. Everything's running. It's just, you know, gears turning, and I'm just like looking at it once a month, maybe, maybe making some adjustments, but the system's running itself, so you don't have to do the work. And that's what's going to create sustainability, as opposed to you always being in the weeds trying to fix things, right? And make those adjustments every single month. Check in, see what's up. That'll help you guys, you know, you know progress, because it's not going to be perfect. You're going to completely blow up your budget month after month when you first get started, and that's totally cool. But it's just about creating that system and then you guys making changes along the way. You know, I, I undershot that completely. Even with the 10, 15%, I'm spending way too much on food. Maybe I need to bump that up a bit, maybe scale back in some sort of way. But that's fine. You shouldn't beat yourself up because you've overspent some category. Who's budgeting in university? Nobody. Right? Like, for the most part, nobody. So the fact that you're doing it in the first place is you're already winning. So really, don't be hard on yourself at all. So quickly, guys, to review, consume the content, write out income expenses, analyze your situation, seek quick wins, create a path, pick a system and stick to it, automate and iterate. Guys, you might, not already, you might already know some of this stuff. I'm telling you, if you just consistently stay with a system like this, you like, forget about it. Like, it's, you guys are good. Like, you can move on to more advanced stuff like NFTs and crypto and investing and all that kind of jazz, and like all these buzzwords that you see in the media, you'll actually be like, you know, in a much better spot because <laughs> this, you know, I, I talk to some people who are like, yeah, how do I get this new NFT, or how do I, how do I get into Bitcoin, or how do I do this? I'm like, like, and the, the, I'm like, you know, and they actually want me to, you know, sign them up and see how do you do it. I sometimes I'll ask them, I'll be like, well, like, you know, are you debt free? I'll like, oh no, 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 I've got like three, three maxed out credit cards. Like, dude, you're spending like. 19.99% interest on your credit card. It's maxed out thousands of dollars. You want to get an NFT? Like you're not going to get that return. This is the stuff that comes before all that stuff you see in the news and the media and all that kind of stuff. If you nail this, then you can move on to the fun stuff where you're actually growing your wealth, right? Really quick, guys. If you ever want to check me out, I think I got cut off there. <laughs> but it's uh, New Money Nate, uh, New Money Nate underscore. Uh, on Instagram as well, and then the New Money Podcast, so you guys can come and if you like me rambling, you can listen to me rambling more on that show too. Uh, really appreciate it. And the last thing that I want to say uh, before we do like a quick Q&A, can't really see it too, too well, but this is like my favorite picture in the world. It, it really is. And the reason it's my favorite picture in the world is because there's so many times where we feel like we're so late. We feel like we're behind the eight ball. You might have been on your way here been like, yo, I think I gotta go to this thing because like I'm behind with my money, all this kind of stuff. Every time you say something like that, remember this picture. And remember the upside that you guys haven't even touched yet. Like you look ridiculous saying that you're late when you've got all this upside ahead of you, right? I feel like I say that to my I said it to myself like yesterday. I thought, oh man, so so behind. I'm like, I'm just getting started. I'm 24, health willing, health willing for all of us. We've got a whole life and a ton of upside. Ahead of us, right? It's incredible. So every time, and you know, <laughs> I'm not a motivational guy, but I want this to be motivational, right? I want you to remember that, like, you're not late, you're here. Like, I'm here. I'm just getting started, right? 
Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, it's my honor to talk to you guys and love to do a quick Q&A. So like, it sees all your password back, and you can go as far as back as you want. You can link any bank account. Um, and like, if you're worried, like, I, I would just like to address this in case somebody's like, I don't want them in my business and stuff. The way it works is it just looks at the data of like, what the transactions are, but it doesn't actually go into your bank account. So it's, it's pretty clean like that. And it's like a huge company, like TurboTax and things like that. So I really use Midman. It's, it's, it's a fantastic uh, platform. That's a great question. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So you have to. That's one of the things you do monthly. Is you'll have to. Um, you'll say you basic. It's a. This is a duplicate transaction. So you'll go into the transaction and say this duplicate transaction. That's some of the reconciliation that you have to do. Automatic investing ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I. You know, there's a, quite a few of them. I honestly don't know too too many off the top of my head. I just think that like, not that they're inconsequential and not that they're great platforms, because I'm sure they are great platforms, but I think like, if you just focus on stuff like this where you're actually like doing the work to set it up and you're setting up the, you know, paying yourself first and investing and things like that, uh, you, you don't really need platforms like that per se. But if you're using them, that's totally fine. If it's a random transaction, you know, there's great ones where I know it rounds up and donates it, right, like to a charity or something like that. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, you would try to find a round number, like a minimum number, right? So if you have an idea of like a minimum number, then you're like, okay, I'm at least getting this so that you can work off that. And then anything above that is a surplus. So that can just go to savings or investment or whatever. But if you think like sort of, I guess you call it like worst case scenario, and then you're like, okay, you know, this was a late month, but I already know that everything's assuming that. And the excess is just going, you know, to my pocket, to my savings, to my investments, whatever, right? So I would just try to be very conservative. If it's, uh, if it's maybe, uh, you know, a little bit up and down, but that's that's a great question. Any, anything else, guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you recommend as like a breakdown in terms of like savings and then, like what you like your bills you have to pay and then like extra spending? Yeah, the most the most common one. Is it's called a 50-30-20 rule, so it's like 50% needs, 30% uh, wants, 20% savings. Uh, I don't love rules like that because it's just so, everybody's situation is so unique. And so 
Like I love when somebody you know knows where they are and they make small improvements and they try to get better. So let's say you did your little analysis and you're only saving like five bucks a month. Well, it's a little ridiculous of me to ask you to save 20% of your income if right now you're saving literally $5, right? So it should be sort of applicable to your situation and try to make sort of incremental improvements. Um, but generally speaking, you want to be like saving and investing as much as you can. Um, yeah, and if you, if you guys have any questions around investing or anything, I'm happy to answer. Yeah, what's up? I, I do, yeah. Like, uh, just Bitcoin. Not all, no Litecoin, no any of the other stuff. It's it's not that like it's not promising. I just I'm actually it's funny. I'm a little bit behind in that scene. Like I I invested in crypto in like that whole uh, that wave in like 2016, 2017. That whole wave, right? Um, got my shirt handed to me. Like it was just like. The way it fell down, and uh, I wasn't really as into the personal finance and investing and all that stuff as I, I kind of am now. Um, but I just have like a small position in like Bitcoin, but I think it's very promising. And I think um, you know Web three and, and some of the new stuff that's coming out that you might be seeing. And you know, I know Gary Vee talks about like NFTs all the time and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's very interesting, and I definitely encourage all of you guys to learn to read up on it because that's something that I'm trying to read up on. Is, is blockchain and crypto and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, like I think so many people are focused on, are kind of getting caught up with that kind of stuff and, you know, kind of forgetting about the basics and things like that. But, but yeah, it's a great question. So, um, I'm sure we've all encountered like a situation where girls were night or whatever you're with friends and you pay for them. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if you've got thoughts about like how to kind of approach that about like Get money back, things like that. Because I feel like for a lot of people, like that, that can be a big drain for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, these days, <laughs> is that like a subtweet? Or, you know, <laughs> no, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You owe him money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 more so. It's not even really about money as much as it is like the relationship, right? Um, I would say these days when I go out, and I'm, I guess I'm graduating. I write off the money, and I'm I try to be generous, right? Because you you're, you guys are saving your money and being good with your money for a reason, right? So that when you hit the club or when you go out, it's like like I don't care, like you can just do whatever because you're good like that, you're good for it, right? You can cover somebody's drink and not care and not pay them back. So I would say like, sorry, my bad. I would say like, you know, I think kind of going in with the system. Um, if you're gonna buy something for someone and expect it back, be like, yo, like, make sure you transfer whatever. Just like really chill. It's more so the relationship. Um, but I would say the best rule is to write it off and just say, I'm not getting that money back. And if you get it back, that's cool. But like these days when I like buy something for someone or do something for someone or lend money, I just write it off. Because then I have no expectations and I yeah, I don't I don't resent it. Because there's been times where I've like lent out money, maybe like whatever, uh, or like a family member or whatever, and I'm like, you know, I kind of have to get on to get back, and it's like, I don't even want the money anymore, it's just so much baggage, like, I'd rather just, like, let it go, um, so I just, I just try to, like, just write about, just whatever, yeah, what's up? I still have a question, so, like, I feel like a pretty standard, like, banking, 
um, like protocols that if you have a, a credit card, a checking account, and a savings account, mm -hmm. do you like suggest getting like sort of a down payment account, which would be like opening another savings account with your bank specifically for like for specific like kinds of savings? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, those would be called like sinking fund different savings accounts. One thing that like a lot of people think, and I, why wouldn't you think this, is that you can't, you, there's like a cap on how many bank accounts you can have. You're like, I bank with TD, that's, I can only open an account with TD. I have like 10 different bank accounts. Like, that's a little excessive, but like, when rates were a little bit higher, where you could get good interest rates on some of the high, newer sort of high interest rate uh, savings accounts, I was literally going from bank to bank to bank. My girlfriend, I was telling her the same thing, she was doing the same thing. Like, we go from like Tangerine to Simply to all these different like new pop up banks. We get our yield, we get our percentage, and then we go to the next one because a lot of these banks don't have fees, right? That's excessive. I'm not going to tell you guys to go, go do that. But what I would say is to look up like a high interest savings account. So all that is, savings accounts with like big five banks, CIBC, RBC, PD, like big five banks, right? BMO, whatever, Scotiabank. You're getting nothing on your money. I mean, there might be some new bank accounts, high yield. It's like you're getting nothing. And I, you guys have probably seen in the news that interest, like inflation is like 6%. Now, you know, it's not going to stay like that. They're going to figure out the whole supply chain stuff, and it's going to get back down. But generally speaking, you're getting absolutely nothing in your bank account. So you should try to look for high-interest savings accounts uh, that you can set up your automatic reductions to. So that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. So for example, I, I'm partnered with the Neo Financial. They're, they're a great high-interest savings account. EQ Bank, they're smaller banks, but they're just as secure. They're CDIC insured, which means your, your money's not going anywhere, you're good. They're as secure as they would be in any other bank. Um, and you're getting a much higher yield. You're getting like one, one and a half percent, whatever, two percent. Um, you know, it's, it's not six percent, it's not what you would get in the bank or the, the, you know, in the market or something like that. But it's a hell of a lot better than what you're getting at CMC or TD or whatever. So, like my sort of situation is like I have like I bank with CIBC, it's just easier, um, and it's pretty. <laughs> been drawing my student account for like a long time, a little too long, but it's 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 just easier because of the customer service. But the majority of my money is in high interest savings accounts, cash, right? Um, and then well, the majority of my cash is in high interest savings accounts, and then my investments are with like Wealth Simple, Quest Trade, things like that. Um, but generally speaking, that's where the, your money. You shouldn't have too much money. That should be a pretty smooth system. Uh, and you should just kind of have like a float of cash there in case some, you know, somebody withdraws money or something like that. So, so yeah, generally speaking, there's no cap. Same with credit cards, too. You do not, like if you're with TD, you do not have to get a TD credit card. I'll tell you, TD student cards, probably the worst of the big five. No question. It sucks. They suck. And I, I'm sorry if you have a TD student card. I apologize. <laughs> but there's so many better options that you guys would be applicable for. Uh, where you're getting cash back, you're building, you know, air, airline miles or whatever. Um, that's pretty lucrative and it's pretty, like, there's insane bonuses. And, um, you know, I'm kind of going off the tangent here, but there's ins insane incentives that you can get where you start getting good with credit, you start building your credit and, and paying, you know, just using a little bit and paying it in full on time every month, uh, keeping your utilization low, which is like, let's say your credit limit's a thousand bucks, you generally don't want to spend more than 300 bucks. Keep it, keep it around 30%, under 30%. If you just like use your credit card, funnel all your 
you know, expenses and things through that, right? Then you pay your credit card bill every month. Now you're getting all that cash back, right? Now you're setting up your savings, and now you really, you know, I didn't get into that because I didn't want to just like throw that all, but that's like the next level system where you're getting all that incentive and cash back and things like that. So savings accounts, credit cards, look elsewhere because there's a big wide world of financial products out there. Um, you, you don't have to necessarily be with your bank. What's up? I am, yeah. What are your opinions on Coho? Are you getting ads for it? Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting ads for it too. It's one of those challenger banks. I haven't looked at what their rates offer, but they're like similar to like a Tangerine or like a, a Neo or like an EQ Bank or whatever, where it's probably because these banks are like smaller um, and they, they're primarily, if not exclusively, just online, their overhead's a lot lower and so they can lend out at a higher interest rate. So that's what and they're trying to get customers, right? They're just trying to get as many customers. They don't have you know, millions of customers like TD or CIDC does. So they can give you a nice interest rate on your money. Um, so I would check them out. I'd compare them with some of the other challenger banks. But I keep doing that, my bad. Um, but like, if you guys literally Google like, best high interest savings accounts in Canada, like, you'll find your answer in like three seconds, right? Best credit card in Canada, best student card in Canada. You'll find your answer. And then you're like, okay, is this card legit? You know, some people, whatever. But yeah, like I, I, I think there's a ton of options, so just compare it with uh, whatever you do. So, yeah. So. Um, how would you recommend, so like a lot of us probably don't have a house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like the only other way that I've heard of like increasing your credit score is just like playing, like paying your credit card on time. Mm -hmm. But are there like Honestly, that's like one of the biggest misconceptions that people think you need to have like all this like, you need a complicated financial life to like get a good credit score. Like, if you guys check probably right now, if you went on Credit Karma, for example, a lot of banks, you know, power to them are starting to show you your credit score you can like pull in to see. You'd be, you'd, be, you'd be surprised. If you're paying your bills, like literally, no joke, in school I had my credit card that had like a thousand dollar credit limit. I had uh, car insurance, and I had my phone bill. Three things. I only have like one more thing. I think it's just rent is on there now. Um, I had like a 750, a 780 credit score, which is like an excellent credit score, they say. I could get as good a rate as I could. So how, how is that possible? Well, I was paying my bills on time because they're automatically coming off. I was keeping my utilization below 30%, so I, was, I wasn't maxing on my credit card. I was keeping it nice and low. And it's just time. Like, you pay people back, and you're not taking all of their money, they're gonna like you. <laughs> That's generally how credit works. And so you don't need to have a mortgage or life insurance, or all this kind of stuff, for them to be like, oh, this person's like, no, like, as long as you're paying your bills and you're being consistent, like, that'll come. And I'm, I'm, you'd be shocked if you like, looked up your credit score, like, damn, I kind of got a good credit score. So it, it's, it's overrated. Like, if you just pay your bills on time, it'll be fine. What's up? question about credit. So you say to keep like utilization low, but like I'm usually like I'll use my credit card for everything because I get the cash back and I always pay it on time. Yep. But usually like my bills would be like about like if I have a thousand dollar credit score, yeah. my bills are about like fifty percent. Y
Um, you and if you've been if you've had a credit card for a while, try to use it. And if you don't mind me asking, you get a credit card with? Uh, TD. <laughs> okay, so, so TD's pretty stingy about raising your credit limit. Um, what I would say is you probably want to look at different credit cards. Okay. Maybe shop around. Mm -hmm. You can get like a credit you know credit card that no joke like ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar credit limit. Don't spend fifteen thousand dollars in a month, right? I know you won't. If you keep your bills around the same, now you're spending the same amount of money, but mathematically your utilization is exponentially lower, right? It's much lower, and you're still getting probably better cash back. You're getting like one percent of TD. Like I'm, uh, this is not TD bash day. I, I hope I hope you know when you guys work from or anything. But generally speaking, like yeah, you want to keep it low. That's why uh, I don't mess with TDs because a lot of students don't know that, so they get the student credit card. They're like, oh, cash back, cool, I'll do all my spells. It's like, they, they don't tell you that, oh yeah, we're not gonna increase your credit limit, we're not gonna do this, and then you're looking at your credit score and you're wondering what, what, like, what the hell happened, right? So, like, when you think of what goes into a credit score, you know, it's not exactly like this, but credit bureaus have said it's 35% payment history, so that's basically, are you paying back in full on time, essentially? 30% utilization, so, how much of the credit are you using? Do you have a bunch of maxed out cards? Are you just kind of like using it a little bit? I believe it's 15% um, credit mix, 10% okay, uh, credit history of like looking up if you're like going and trying to get a bunch of new credit. And I forget the other 10%, but it's inconsequential. The biggest two, as you guys can tell, 65% is are you paying back on time and are you keeping utilization? If you're not keeping your utilization law, that's 30% of what goes into your score. So it'll hit you. So credit's malleable. Like you don't worry about it. Like it literally doesn't matter. Like you if you make that switch, it'll shoot up. It's kind of weird like that. And you know, unless you're applying for a mortgage like next week, like you have time, right? So yeah. Anything else at all? Um, yeah. What do you generally like invest in? Pardon me? What do you Yeah, that's a great. That's a great question. I got stuff. <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, I I invest for myself. I, I don't have a financial advisor or anything like that. I think you know most people really don't, especially if you don't have many assets or you don't have a complicated financial life. They're not really doing much for you. Um, I think what I invest in are exchange traded funds. So what they are are essentially um, the easiest way to explain it is a bunch of stocks all in one. Right, so I'll buy an, uh, an ETF they're called, and it has maybe 500 of the biggest companies in the United States, called the S&P 500 ETF, you know, BFE, you can go look it up. That's where like the majority of my money is, and it just it's just basically tracking the market. Um, and so my point here is that like once you guys get into that and you start learning about investing and like how it works, picking your own stocks, doing all that kind of crazy stuff, Wall Street stuff, is like not what investing is. Investing is really like Picking a nice ETF or picking an index fund, low expense, buy every month and consistently buy in, and that's it. And then you have like a million dollars in like four years. Like that's literally it. That's it. That's the essence of what it is. Now I'm oversimplifying it, but that's primarily what it is. So I would encourage you guys to learn about it. Wealth Simple is fantastic too because they're a robo advisor. So all Wealth Simple and Quest Wealth and all these different investment like 
automatic investing uh, platforms do is they just purchase ETFs for you, essentially. And they're just optimizing it based on what you tell them. So if you go into Wealthsimple and you go into their, they have Wealthsimple Trade where you do your, your own stuff, and there's Wealthsimple Invest. Wealthsimple Invest is like, okay, how old are you? What are your goals? What are your finances like? You know, uh, like, just kind of gets a questionnaire on you, and you're like, okay, we think you should have this. You give us the money, we'll take care of the rest. Pretty easy model. Now, they're going to charge for that. So they're going to charge maybe like 0 0.4, 0.5% of your portfolio or, or something along those lines. Whereas, but really what they're doing is they're just buying ETFs on your behalf because they have the expertise. They do have the expertise. They do have great portfolios. But you could, in theory, get your own brokerage, pick your own ETF. And, you know, being so young, you probably want to be pretty aggressive. So it can be a simple portfolio, right? So it's not really all that necessary, but it's definitely a nice thing to be like, all right, I just send my money well simple, they just buy whatever. Sure, they're charging me a little bit of money. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, last thing I want to say on that is, huh, banks, you know, mutual funds typically are very expensive, um, and they typically underperform after fees, something like a well simple or quest, quest trade, things like that. Um, so if you guys are like, I want to start, you start getting into investing, and you go to your bank and you say, I want to start investing, put me in something. Like, that's not, you shouldn't do that. Because <laughs> they'll, they'll charge you a lot of money um, through sort of the fees that come with the, those sort of products. Um, unless there's like a, you know, uh, you do your own thing, like a self-directed some sort of thing. And that, now I'm just kind of getting ahead of it. But generally speaking, yeah, it's, it's uh, I don't even know what the initial question was. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I apologize that the audio might not have been as clean as it usually is, but hey, it's content, content is content. And uh, as Gary V says, you just got to get that shit out there, man. You already know what it is. So I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, it was such an honor to go speak there. One thing I do want to say is if you guys work at a you know company that does events or anything like that, I'm trying to do more of that kind of stuff uh, and come and speak. And, and if you know you keep me in mind that's all i'm saying you know what i'm saying so uh i would really appreciate that that's all i have for you guys this week i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you are enjoying thanksgiving if you are an american but thank you guys so so much for tuning in as usual i appreciate y'all boy i love y'all but for now i'm out this mother peace